everybody who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. I don't know. I feel like your praise matches what God pulled you out of. Because if you didn't get pulled out of much, my life was all good and I'm saved. You'll have a little praise. But is there anyone who's thankful that God said everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? I'm just preaching the gospel now. I couldn't get through this verse because I'm so thankful. You realize I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't be married right now. But the grace of God, the mercy of God was so strong that he snatches you out of sin and sets you on a path of righteousness, the presence of God. His mercy is on your life. His grace is on your life. Mercy. His mercy is on your life. What is mercy, right? Mercy. Mercy says, you deserve this, but I'm not going to give you what you deserve. You've done this, and this is what you deserve. But mercy says, you've done this, but you're not going to get what you deserve. I'm so thankful for God's mercy. Because there are so many things in my life that I should be like this. I should be broke. I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't be there. I should be this and that. I don't know what you should be apart from the mercy of Jesus where he said you should be broke. You shouldn't be married. You shouldn't have it all together. You shouldn't be addicted. You should be broken. You shouldn't be mentally crazy. You, you should have it all, all messed up. But his mercy says you deserve this, but you're not getting this because of the mercy of God. Come on. Is there anyone thankful for the mercy of God? God in the house. And His grace. If His mercy says you deserve this, but you're not getting that, His grace says you don't deserve this, but you're going to get it anyway. His, His grace says you don't deserve to have this, but my grace is sufficient in your weakness. I'm thankful for the mercy of God and the grace of God. And this isn't basic, this is foundational. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm so thankful that God, this is what this church is. This church is a church of mercy and grace that declares that everyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I just don't want to just rush past that and get to some cool fancy sermon or something. Forgetting that without Jesus, you would be nothing. You would have nothing. You'd be nowhere. The purpose would be stripped away. You'd be empty. But Jesus came. And Jesus fulfills. And Jesus restores. And Jesus heals. And Jesus is the one that we worship. And Jesus is the one that we search after. I don't know how else to say it or what else to say. Apart from the fact that I'm just so thankful that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We're reaching and raising the lost. But how? How does this happen? If everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved, how? How do we get to that point? Well, Paul is writing in this text to the Roman church. And he writes this. He says this in Romans 10, in the next couple of verses. I've got it here. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how? Can they hear without someone preaching to them? In other words, that's not preaching like what I'm doing. That's another translation just says tells them. Okay, that's, I'm just telling you something. So how can they hear without someone telling them? And how can anyone preach or tell them unless they are sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are you ready to read for me to read that one more time from the top? And when you hear something that you like, don't stay silent or stagnant. We're a flowing river, not a lake here tonight, okay? It says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on the name if they've not believed it? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Come on, good news company. I've got a word today. It's not good news for the devil. It's not good news for your sin. It's not good news for the enemy. It's not good news for those thoughts in your head. But I've got good news tonight. And that's that Jesus is on the throne. That Jesus is in control. And His mercy is good and His grace is forever. If you believe it, say Amen. Tonight I want to talk about the power of one. The power of one. The power of one. Part four, it's not the last part either. Next week is our last night at uh, One Small Step. Be here. It's going to be incredible. It's going to go off in here. 105 people we can fit in here. Look around. Maybe we got space. All right? So next week be here. The power of one. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. You're in the house tonight. Lord, we thank you. We're not just about to hear a message. We're about to hear the Word of God. The power to split bone and, and marrow and soul and spirit and get to the very heart of our issues, God. That you would do a work. It's both a sword and a surgical instrument. We can fight our battles and heal our wounds with the Word tonight. I thank you that we would not be a silent church or a dead church or a quiet church. But God, a church alive, a church on fire, a church hungry, ready to receive for what you're going to do tonight. Holy Spirit, we give you access tonight. We, we let you in the back door of our lives and say, would you do a work on us tonight in Jesus' name? Amen. Thanks guys so much. The power of one. You know, um, if you're ever bored, uh, I encourage you to go on YouTube and... Look up um, chain reaction um, setups or chain reaction, uh, elaborate chain reaction or domino setups. Has anyone ever seen like a really awesome dominoes setup? Like where it's just like you click the button, you do the first one, and man, this amazing thing happens. Well, go on YouTube, type that in. Uh, what, what was the exact word? Chain reaction machines, okay? And you know those ones where it's like there's lots of them in isolation, you know, over the past eight months people have been at home and I saw one where it was like pass the salt but while social distancing and it's one guy on one end of the table and he's on the other and he just like puts one thing down and then it's like five minute video of chain reaction and then he gets salt on his burger at the end of the table. It's incredible. And I thought this week, I thought, you know what? I'm going to set up an elaborate chain reaction just to illustrate this message for people this week. And, you know, I'm going to stand here and I'm just going to go like this. And then all of a sudden there's going to be this happen and a bowling ball's going to roll down here and burn a match that's going to candle. And then a thing's going to roll there and knock, you know, all you guys like those science machines where it knocks one and then the other one moves. And then you do this and then that happens. And then over there he does a handstand and he mixes this. And then all of a sudden like a kettle's here and it boils some water and then it freezes and a super cold freezes and then drop some ice cubes into my drink or something, a chain reaction. And I thought, you know what, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I won't get the message done. So I thought, you know what, just go and look it up on YouTube. It's pretty 
pretty good. And, and if you've ever seen those things, there, there is a lot of activity happening in those videos. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of amazing things. There was this one where it, uh, the, a, a set of weights rolled off the table, but it hooked on and it pulled the, the sheet out where there was all like cups standing up and it like ripped it out. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. And I went over to a bigger one and I'm expecting it to do the same thing. There's all cups and everything. And it, it just knocked the table over. But and I thought, oh, he's wrecked it. But then under the table, there's another pipe that's like rolling another ball. And I'm like, this is amazing. So much activity. And at the end, there's like this big explosion or something grand happens. And how many know with those sort of things, something amazing has happened. There was this big outcome, but it all started with just one step. It all started with just one little push. It all started by the power of one. Every success has a start. Mr. Zuckerberg, Facebook, he, he didn't start as a billionaire. He, he, he didn't start in, in, um, in Silicon Valley. He didn't start there. He just started in a, in a dorm room, on a computer. Every success has a start. Every, every exploit you do for God, every great thing that God does in your life will have a start. You guys are on a start. You graduated, you're on a start. And it might seem small, it might seem insignificant, it might seem like nothing, but it's something and it's a start. Last week, my son, as well as, um, I think, Ruben, uh, one of these guys, they, they were stacking chairs out, five-year-old and a hundred-year-old. They were, <laughs> when you don't know, you just go extra, so it's like, I don't say that. They were stacking chairs out, and I'm like, man, look at that. That's a, such a, it's, it's, a, it's just, just a little, just a, it's just a little, a little step. But how many know every success starts somewhere? And everything big God does in your life starts with just one thing. In other words, the big idea for this week, the big thought, the thing I want you to leave is, is this, is big outcomes start with small actions. Big outcomes start with small actions. What big thing is God going to do in your life? But it's going to start with a small action, a small decision, the power of one. Anything God does suddenly usually has a backstory. Okay? They're having a revival in there. It's amazing. Anything that God does suddenly, it seems suddenly to us, like, God, suddenly you came through at the last second. Suddenly you brought the walls down. Suddenly the, the, the ocean split. Suddenly this person opened their life back up to me. Suddenly the miracle happened in my accounts. And, and suddenly I got the job I needed and out of nowhere. But in the background, you've got to believe that God's got something brewing in the background, right? Nothing starts on stage. Nothing starts front and center. Every big thing starts that God does suddenly has a backstory where God's preparing you and he's getting you ready. These guys, just hear what I'm doing. He's getting you ready. But everything God does big starts with a backstory. So every suddenly in your life, God's, it's not like it's just happened. There's been steps before. Maybe you've been hidden by it. Maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe you haven't been paying attention. Maybe it's been hidden from you because if you saw what it was, you'd be too scared and you wouldn't step. Uh, but we realize that it might be scary steps, but they're supernatural steps, and, 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 and every suddenly has a backstory. Paul, in this text, is sharing some backstory. He's sharing a big outcome. But if we trace 
The Steps Back. I almost titled this, Take a Step Back. Step back. Because sometimes what God is going to do there starts back here. Paul tells us in this text to step back and see where it started. Can I have that verse again? The big thing that happened is someone gets saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved. Okay? That's awesome. That's the big outcome. But how many know it doesn't start there? What happens before the next verse? He says, he, before someone can get saved, the next verse please. Uh, before someone can get saved, they have to be, be, be believed, okay? Take a step back. Before they can be saved, they take a step, they've got to at least believe. You, you, you can't be saved if you don't believe that God exists, okay? So they're saved, but first they've got to believe. But how can they believe in the one that they have not heard? Take a step back. So someone's being saved. They're being received the, the free gift, free. It's free, okay? It doesn't cost you anything, it, but it will cost you everything, okay? It's free. It's free. He's safe, but they've got to believe, take a step back. Before they can believe, though, they've got to hear. They've got to hear. They've got to hear what they want to believe. They've got to hear the good news. They've got to hear. But how can they hear, take a step back, without someone telling them? Without someone telling them, in other words, without someone being sent. I almost call this sent steps. Sent steps. Tonight God's going to send you. Tonight God's got an assignment for you. God's got somewhere for you to go. But you've got to take a step back. We've got a vision at our church to see people rich and raised for Jesus. We're going to take a step back. We're going to go a little bit over time because we did that prayer thing. Hope that's okay. And they're having too much fun anyway. So, saved... Believed, heard, sent. It all started with one small sent step. One small sent step. And then there's a dominoes effect. The dominoes effect. I've experienced this over the last week. Why don't I use my hand? I've got this. The dominoes effect. We've experienced this at GNC. In fact, God's taught me this over the past eight years that I've been here. That that God, He has this domino effect. That there, there is a, a step. There's a power. There's a power in one person. There's a there's a power in just in just one person being obedient. You you might think that it's not a big deal, but God sees it as a big deal. The small thing He's asked you to do is a big deal to God, because you might not be able to see what the outcome is. Could I have? I'm going to get a little example. Is that okay? Yeah. Grace, could you join me on stage? Come up here, Grace. Come on, give it up for Grace. <laughs> Grace joined Good News Company 100 years ago, right? <laughs> Looking good for 100. And so Grace comes to the church and she's in our youth ministry and, and she became a leader and everything. And, and, and Grace has a little sister, right? Her name is Libby. And how many older siblings know that sometimes it's a bit uncool have your little sister or your little sibling around sometimes. Parents, you would understand, well, do, I, do they have to come? Yes, they have to come. Um, so far, we don't have that issue, but we'll, hopefully we will get there one day. So Grace is coming to you, and she's encountered Jesus. She begins to lead in young zeal. She's doing a phenomenal job just preaching and discipling young people and just being a solid rock for our youth ministry. And then the time comes around for her little sister comes of age to be able to come to youth. Now, Grace has the option. She has the power, okay, as the older sibling, to reject 
her sister from coming to, you can go to another youth, go to another youth, that's fine, but you're not coming to my youth, okay? Grace, even though I don't know, maybe you wanted to do that, maybe you didn't, but no matter what, Grace took the effort to say, you know what, I'm going to invite my little sister to youth. So Libby, come up, up out here. So Libby then decides, okay, I'm coming to youth now. And, and Libby, she starts coming to youth. I saw a photo of these two. All the memories are popping up of these guys graduating and you're the old Jesus from the old. She got the other Christ-like award 100 years ago. So we've got all these Jesuses in the house. And, and so Grace invites her sister, like, all right, come to youth. And Libby starts coming just as a, a young 13-year-old, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. She starts coming to youth and is she gets, um, you know, encounters Jesus and, and baptized and all that stuff. And, and then she decides at some point in her walk that I am not going to let the, 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 the domino effect, I'm not going to let it stop here, okay? And so Libby has some friends. Is that nice? <laughs> Libby has some friends. And so Libby says, you know, I'm going to invite one of my friends from school to youth. I'm going to invite them to come. And so Rachel, where, where's Rachel? Join us on stage. She invites Rachel to youth, okay? You like Rachel? The new Jesus, old Jesus, new Jesus. I'm going to get lightning on me soon. So Grace says, you know what? I'm not going to... I'm not just going to let my convenience and my cool factor and, and my reputation uh, uh, affect me inviting and bringing my family to church. Okay. I want them to get connected, plugged in because it's been beneficial for me and I want to bless them. So she invites Libby and Libby um, has an encounter with Jesus, feels the call of God on her life, etc., 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 and says, you know what? I've been hearing, hearing, and Bethany and all of the leaders say over and over every week, invite your friends, 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 invite and she invites Rachel, and Rachel starts coming to Young Zeal. And that's an awesome experience. We love having Rachel. She's been a rock. She's been solid. She's an apprentice leader, soon to be leader. She's incredible. Touch of God, call of God's on her life. It's amazing. And so, God, Grace, she invites a little annoying sister, Libby. Libby invites, <laughs> I'm going to invite Rachel, one of my best friends. She's going to come to you. And then Rachel, their family, she's got a family friend. His name is Rico. Rico, she's like, Rico, family friend, come to church. They come to you, come to church. And the first time I met Mr. Rico, I was standing about, it's all all mixed around, so I don't remember. I was standing about here, and we we're having one of those games where you're in a big block balloon, right? And you go running and you charge into people. And me and Harrison and maybe someone else were standing here, and he runs through this wall like a ball of energy. Bang, I'm in. And I'm like, hey, bro, how's it going? My name's Kieran, and we always miss our handshake. And then, and then I'm like, do you want to get in this giant inflatable ball? And he's like, yeah. And so he gets in, and he charges. And I'll turn around, look at that clock, ignore the countdown, because I'm going to go over And he runs, and he hits that wall, just in this big, he's one minute into youth, and he's just like a god for it. And I'm like, I love this kid. You know, boys and youth ministry, teenagers, too cool, right? So, bro, don't talk to me about anything. <laughs> Not this guy, man. He, he, he's just got the joy of the Lord on him, right? And the, and the power of the Lord and the anointing beams of God. And so Grace invites her annoying sister Libby, and Libby invites her friend Rachel, and Rachel... And Rachel says, you know what, I've got a family friend, blah, blah, Rico, come to you. The Rico starts coming to you. And now we've got Rachel and Rico, and they've got families and their friends, okay? And so 
just take a step back again, and Rachel and Rico, they're sort of like going home and having their Brazilian barbecues and all that sort of stuff. And over dinner, the parents start to say, I wonder what, both of our kids are going to this church, this youth thing, we should go check it out, you know, make sure, as a responsible parent, we make sure it's good and, you know, safe and all of that sort of stuff. So one Sunday, David and Eloina and Rebecca, who's in kids' church at the time, come. So can you three stand up and join us on stage over here? Come join us. Who loves these guys? Thank you for joining us on stage right there. So then the Harveys joined church. Rebecca, how are you? You like being on stage? So these guys, Rachel's um, parents and sister, not annoying, <laughs> they start coming to church and straight away, man, we just, there's this connection, we just love these guys, they're encouraging us, blessing us, and we're like, these guys are like, are they angels? You got wings back there? These guys are incredible, right? And they join the church and it's amazing. And then these guys are friends with uh, Ray, Ronaldo. And, and, and so he says, you know what, this is Rico's dad. So then, so then he, uh, David says to his mate, Ray, Ray, come, come to church, come check it out. Your son's here, let's go. And so Ray starts coming to church. You know, Ray. Ray, Rico's dad. And so, if you can't tell. And, uh, <laughs> and so... And so Grace says, you know what, I'm not going to get on my comfort zone, I'm going to step out, I'm going to appear to look maybe like Uncle or my little sister. Invite, come on Libby, it's time to go to youth, Let's, I'll show you the ropes, I'll show you the world. And so Libby, she comes to youth, she invites Rachel, Rachel's like, there's an awesome, blah, blah, blah. a family friend, Brazilian barbecue, yeah, salt. And so it's like, come to youth, and, and, then, and then these guys, sort of like, then their family comes, and then these guys, let me just quickly... On a shout out, this building wouldn't have happened between without these, maybe not you, okay? <laughs> without these three here, okay? And so it wasn't just Grace saying, you know what, I'm just going to invite my sister. It was a whole building renovation. It was so safe. It was people coming to know him. That was pretty late. We'll try that again. It was an entire new block. And now a city is set up to explode because one person said, I'm going to get over myself and invite someone to church. Do you see the domino effect? And for a while there, your brother was coming. He's working now. It sucks we're working on that. He's going to come. And all of that sort of stuff. And, and where does the domino line end? This is just one line. You guys can take a seat. Give it up for these guys. This is just one chain. This is just one line. This is just one narrow way. This is just one crossroads of what God is doing. But where does your domino start? Where does your story begin? Where, where is, who do you affect that affects, that affects, that affects? Where is God taking you as you move? God is doing something. These three guys, as well as some other guys as well, but um, can we get the baptism up? I'm going to do a plug here. But we've got uh, Rico and uh, Libby and Rachel and there's some other people on the day. These guys got baptized in this moment. They took a next step, okay? They took a moment where they said, you know what? I don't want to just have my faith on the inside. I want to publicly do it on the outside. I want everyone to know that my life is in Jesus and that I'm about to be baptized into him and raised to new life again. So a little plug, very soon we're going to do a baptism service. In other words, if you've never been baptized in water, you've never... Now, here's the thing. It's not like, am I saved? 
if I don't get baptized, look, it's, it doesn't really work that way. It, it, you know, it's not like the Catholic, I'm just sharing for maybe some people that don't know. It's not like an infant baptism, we don't do that. We believe you want to make a decision. This is a public declaration of an inward decision. If I take my ring off, I'm still married, but this tells everyone I'm married. It's a symbol. Baptism is a symbol to say, I belong to Jesus right now. I've, I've died. And when I go down into the water, that's a, a symbol of going into the grave with Jesus. And as I rise up, I rise up like Jesus rose up. And my sin and shame and past and chains have been left behind. And now I've raised to new life in Christ. And everybody knows about it. Jesus said, go to the, all the world, teaching these disciples to obey my every command, baptizing them. So it's in the Great Commission. So I would say it's actually very important. Don't get saved and then wait five years. I'm ready to make a baptism decision. No, just do it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Find a puddle outside. Let's go. All right? I'll do it tonight. <laughs> the Padre burst on Friday night out there. We could have done it there. You know, depends what you believe. Anyway, baptism. So we're going to do that. Go and jump off there now. You're on an assignment. God wants to send you tonight. God's got a step for you, a sense step, a small step. And you might, don't. Don't not take the step because you can't see on the other side of the step. Grace had no idea that her one decision was going to affect an, uh, the, the youth ministry growing, the adult ministry growing, the, fam the, the children's ministry growing, the grace ministry growing one day. <laughs> you know, God, God is growing everything. God is doing something powerful. She had no idea that would result in, in people committing their lives and sowing into the church to be able to renovate so we can reach more people. Like, where does your thing start? The power of one. We were in a conference a little while ago, and the preacher, he, we can't do it here because there's not enough people, but the preacher said, you, start clapping. And they started clapping. And then he said, if you're like around them, you start clapping. And you start clapping. And then all of a sudden, it went from just one until the whole auditorium, a million people were there. Yeah, evangelists. A million people were there. And then it sounded like a mighty roar, like there was thunder in the skies. And it all started with one person just, I'm just going to clap this thing. And then someone else caught the clap. Someone else caught the clap. Oh, that's a preach right there. Catch the clap. And so God is doing something. I'm passionate about this, in case you can't tell. I'm sweating up in here. But big outcomes start with small actions. David, he slayed a big giant with a small stone. But it started with Samuel. It started with Samuel just saying, listening, saying, it's not any of these brothers. They're all good looking and everything. But you've got someone else? Let's go get David from the field. Stinky and smelly and insignificant. I'm not going to just choose what's obvious. I'm going to choose what is God-vious. Oh, I'm not just going to choose that. So he slayed a giant and he led a nation. But it all started with one guy saying, you know what, I'm going to play my part. And I'm going to touch David. I'm going to knock him over. And something's going to happen. You know, Moses, he defied Pharaoh and led a nation out of slavery. But it all started with, fun Bible fact, Jochebed, his mother, who, who was obedient, even though it was scary, to put Moses in the water and, and have him go down the Nile and be picked up by the providence of God in Pharaoh's household so he could be raised up in that environment and not killed like all of his generation. It all started with one brave mother saying, you know what, I'm, I'm scared to put my baby in the river right now, but I know this is what God wants me to do to save his life. So he led a nation. He saved a, he saved a whole nation out of slavery. And it all started with an obedient mother. Jesus died on the cross for humanity, taking away the sins 
of the world, but it all started with one mum who was obedient and said, I decide to, to take a step of faith and say, whatever it is you ask of me, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be called a, a, a this and a that. I'm going to be outcast, but if you've asked me to do it, and, a, and a, not just a nation, but a people, a race, us, humanity was saved through Jesus on the cross. One small set step. God's got a step for you. You're on an assignment. You're on an assignment. When you step out of these doors or those doors tonight, you are officially on assignment. You're sent. Turn to someone and say, I'm sent. I'm sent. I'm sent. I'm sent. I'm sent. You're sent into a sphere of influence. Everyone here has a sphere of influence. You have people who you, are, who you can influence over, that people who look up to you or share to you. Even if you're young, you have a sphere of influence. And it's either up or down. It says show everyone, even though you're young, show them how to be an example for those, how to follow Jesus. If you're older, you've got a sphere of influence. Use that sphere and be sent to that sphere. When you go to work, you're not going to work to make money, okay? You realize God can do money anyway. He can give you money anyway. He, he can get it to you in any way, in any form, in any fashion. One time Jesus said to his disciples, you got some taxes? No, we don't know any taxes. We're following you. And so Jesus said, we'll go down to the river. There's going to be a fish. When you catch the fish, there's money. Money is not an issue for God. He can get you money in any way, shape or form. You're in your workplace because you're on an assignment. You're in your school because you've got a reason to be there. You're in your workplace, family, co-worker circle, social media group. You're in there because you're set and on assignment. Set steps. You're on an assignment. Who are you believing for? That's my question for you. Keys can come back. That'd be amazing. Who are you believing for? Who, who, who are you inviting to church? Who are you praying for? Who are you um, uh, waiting on God for? Who are you sending text messages to? Who are you calling and having coffee saying, how are you going? It, you know, this is my story. Hey, come to church. I want to invite you. Who are you doing that for? Or are you going to let the domino effect stop with you? Or are you going to be the one that says, and I'm not moving. Like all the dominoes. Like, yes, touching people, reaching people, encouraging people, in, uh, um, praying over people, and then it gets to you. Because someone reached you, you know. Might have been a family member or a dad or a mom, or it might have been a tract or a preacher on a stage or a, or a guy on the street, or it could have been any way, shape, or form. But somebody reached you. Somebody shared some good news with you. Come on, it is our responsibility. It is our mandate. It is our mission. It is the power of one that will see a nation saved. That will see a whole generation. Be the one in your generation to break the chain of addiction, to break the chain of an absent father, to break the chain of an uh, outside um, perspective. Be the one to break that generational curse. Be the one to stop and be the one to start something new. Be the one to decide, you know what, this is a priority. The house of God is a priority. Me and my house, we will circle, or whether it's uh, raining or hail or shine or the footy's on or we've got a part of something, we're going to be in church. This is how we roll as a family. Be the one to start that in your life and in your generations. Where's the domino effect going with you? But who are you believing for? So say yes. I want you to say yes to the assignment that God has for you. This is so important. 
Because without it, we just become consumer Christianity. We just come and this is all about me now and I feel really blessed and I feel really great and this really fed me, but you're not feeding anyone else. You're not blessing anyone else. You're not reaching out to anyone else. Come on, he died for everyone. He, he, he reaches everyone. He, he wants to use you. He's not going to do it for you. He's put you there so you can reach it. He's not sending Jesus again. Jesus is coming back. But he isn't coming back to, 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 to tell people about it. He's coming back to get the people who know about it. And, and then that's our job. Don't let it stop with you. You're on an assignment. So say yes to the assignment that God has for you. But Kieran, what if they say no? What if they say no to coming to church? What if they say no to God? Look, their no to you means nothing to you. Okay. You pray for them, maybe you ask them again, you vibe it out, you figure it out with them. But their no means nothing on you, but your yes could mean everything to them. I'll say that one more time. Their no to you, their rejection to you, means nothing to you. But you, you saying yes to the assignment of God may mean everything for them. Their eternity lies in your yes to the assignment that God has for you. Don't just stay where you are because of convenience. Don't just stay where you are because, you know, she's my friend and it could be weird. And don't just, don't just stay there because it's like, well, family, friend, oh, I'm, a, I'm a girl and I'm this age and he's a guy and he's this age. Maybe someone else should ask. Uh, no, don't let that stop you. And, and oh, I'm too young. I'm, I'm really. I'm, I'm just in year eight. I'm just a. I'm just a nobody. No one's going to listen to me. Uh, all of a sudden, my family's coming. This family's coming. And, and, and oh, oh, you know, we're family, and it's going to be a lot of work. And we don't have. We run a business, and we got family. And we're growing. We can't really invest in here. We'll come and be nice and be good. We'll have friends and fellowship, but we don't invest. But no, we're going to invest in that. All of a sudden, this like, listen, don't say no. God's got a yet an assignment for you to say yes to. You have an opportunity to start a domino effect, a chain reaction machine in your family, in your children, in your school, in your workplace. Wherever you are, you have an opportunity to start something to God. Let's stand up all over this place. Ben, let's come back. It's going to take a few minutes here.
yes. You've given the vision to say yes. You've given the direction to say yes. Help them to take a small step in Jesus' name. We declare every person an assignment. Lord, I declare that each person, their hand may be up and they may feel unqualified. Like, God, I can't do this. God, I don't, I'm not charismatic. God, I'm not a people person. God, I don't have what it takes. God, I've messed up too much. God, I don't, I, I'm not built that way. I want to encourage you tonight. God doesn't call the qualified, but He qualifies those that He calls. He doesn't say you don't got it. He says you say yes and I'll give you what you need to make it come to pass. I declare right now a qualification of heaven and an assignment over your life. How good are the feet? How beautiful are the feet of those who drink good news? I pray beautiful feet all over this house. All over whenever people walk, they would leave a scent of heaven around them. That they are sent once in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder tonight who is waiting on you on the other side of your step. Just as I finish right here, I love this verse. It says, and I still haven't figured it out. I just wanted to mention it. And maybe you'll figure it out and come tell me. But it says, how beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. There's something about a step in there. Feet, step. Beautiful, anointed. Feet aren't beautiful. Feet aren't the most attractive body part, amen? But God says even the most unattractive thing, if they are sent on assignment by me, if they are sent with a mission, if they are sent on purpose, the most unattractive thing will be beautiful to the eyes. So you don't have to look great. You don't have to have a chisel this and all of that. You don't have to be a people person and an out, 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 um, charismatic and out there. You just got to be you in all of your mess ups and all of your fitness. But if you go set on assignment, God says that's attractive to people. I said, I said, I didn't understand what it meant. And then as I was saying it, God was like, this is what it means. That's why he didn't tell me what it meant before I got here. Because he said, you know what? Just take a step. Leave some flex space in your sermon. All right, we're going to finish this right now. Listen.